You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Sawn Outdoors podcast. Before we get started today, I'd uh, just like to talk about a couple of things. First thing, um, if you haven't checked out our social media pages, please go check them out, like them, subscribe, comment, leave us feedback, whatever you want to do. You can find us on Instagram at Sawn, S-A-H-N underscore outdoors, and also on Facebook, Sawn Outdoors. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's just Sawn Outdoors. Um, has our logo on it. Pretty easy to find. Um, you can also check out our website, which we host all of our podcasts and YouTube videos on there as well. And there's a, a shop and everything. Um, one thing that we wanted to talk about before we started today's podcast is uh, a little initiative that we kind of saw floating around social media a few years ago. And that is called uh, Project Mountain Cleanup. What Project Mountain Cleanup is, is this initiative um, where I'm, we've all seen it. <clears throat> you go out into the woods, the marshes, uh, public land pretty much, and uh, there's just garbage everywhere from beer cans to um, just trash, uh, pallets, uh, where people go shooting, there's targets, TVs, computers, dishwashers, mattresses, couches, you name it. You can, you can find it out on public lands. Um, so we saw this initiative um, that kind of died out. And uh, it was uh, people going around picking up uh, trash, cleaning up the mountain. So this is not our idea at all, but something that we're trying to help push and promote <clears throat> and stress to people the importance of, and that is cleaning up public lands and uh, leaving it better than you found it. Now, I was always taught as a kid uh, growing up doing scouting um, to, to leave the land better than I found it. You know, practicing no trace camping um, was a big thing. You want to pretty much not be able to tell that anyone has been in an area when you go to the mountains. Um, sadly, that's not the case um, in a lot of places today. Um, so, we, we started pushing this uh, two years ago uh, pretty heavily and kind of gone off and on with it as far as promoting it on social media. It's always a practice that we've uh, been a part of, but that's cleaning up things when we're out in the mountains. Um, we found uh, an old bag that someone had used, an old like salt bag. Someone had hauled salt in, geez, like six miles into the backcountry, and we found it while we were out elk hunting. And we actually packed that thing out. I mean, didn't add any weight to to the packs really, but you know, it's just surprising the places you can find this garbage and it just flabbergasted us. So we had a really good response um, about this time last year. We were posting on social media, encouraging people to get out, clean up, um, and we did a little giveaway. And so we've once uh, once again reinstated the Project Mountain cleanup. Uh, 2018, 
and we're encouraging everybody um, to get out there and clean up. And um, as a little reward, um, if you'll post, make posts to social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, um, you can tag us in your posts. Make sure you tag us, not just mention us in your your uh, story there or whatever, but actually tag us in your photo and use the hashtag Project Mountain Cleanup 2018. Um, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing what kinds of uh, treasures or garbage you guys are finding out in the mountains or marshes or just any public lands, wherever you like to recreate. Um, it doesn't really matter. There's not really a restriction as far as the place that, that you can clean up. But uh, yeah, just make some posts. We'd love to see it. We've, we've already seen some posts coming through. Um, we want to really get people engaged and uh, there will be some prizes. Not really a deadline yet as to when we'll be ending the, the giveaway and giving out these prizes, but follow our social media for more information on that. Now, as a little segue into our next piece, um, we would like to organize um, some group cleanups. And we are located in Utah, so we, we're trying to find a couple of dates that work. Um, we'll be posting those on social media. And we'd like to just get anybody and everybody who can make it out for an afternoon or, or something, and we'll just clean up some public lands. Uh, we have a few places in mind. We're trying to nail down some dates. We're trying to get some giveaways um, as well, make it a fun experience. Um, and if so if you're in Utah or around and you'd like to come, watch for those posts on our social media. If you're not in Utah but you'd still like to do something, we'd love to help you organize uh, a cleanup day like this uh, in your state, in your area. So if you'd like our help with that, please contact us. Send us a message on social media. You can email us, sawnoutdoors at gmail.com. And uh, let's... Uh, I'll make a little bit better effort to leave our public lands better than we found them. And last but not least, we'd like to thank our sponsors of this podcast, uh, King's Camo. King's has been a, a great partner to work with. They're very engaged in many conservation efforts um, and trying to get youth involved in the outdoors. Um, they make a great camo at an affordable price. If you haven't checked it out, we've done a podcast on Kings. We, we met with them in Salt Lake City and talked about some of their new pieces coming out, some of their new clothing. <clears throat> um, they're dropping a, a, a real tree pattern on their, their camo this year. Uh, you can be finding that later this spring or early summer. Um, check them out, kingscamo.com. At checkout, use the code SAHNSON. Uh, that'll save you an extra 15% on anything. That even works on sale items. So go check it out. Helps us out. Uh, Kings is great. We really appreciate their support. Check. Yeah. Ready? Yeah, we're ready to go, man. Check. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> right on. You can hear us? Yep. I got you. Good at that. I got cool. you. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah. well, real quick, Ryan, I mean, we're here with Chad Mendez with uh, Fins and Feathers. We appreciate your time. Yeah, what's up, guys? How's, How's it going? going, man? Yeah. First time with uh, Sun Outdoors, right? Yep. That's awesome. So, Chad, we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit, first off, just kind of as an introduction. I know you have a huge fan base, a huge following, um, but for those who maybe aren't as familiar with Fins and Feathers, could you just give us a little bit of a background with 
with how it started, how it came about. Yeah, like so Fins and Feathers is uh, something that me and a couple buddies, you know, kind of thought of the last, uh, I don't know, probably six years. And, uh, you know, it's something we wanted to try to do, but, you know, with all my fighting and, and, and all the other stuff with training and we just, plus with their schedules, we just didn't have the time to get it up and running. Um, and so in 2015, I was like, you know what? I better start this now while I'm still fighting so that when I'm done fighting it, it's already established up and running and I have something to fall back on when I'm done. So let's, you know, go ahead and do this. So we, we got everything all set up, got our business license, got everything uh, situated and, and in order. And we launched uh, right in the uh, end of December 2015. Um, to, so 2016 was basically our first full year. And I'll be honest, like we had no clue how this was going to like take. We didn't know what people <laughs> were going to think of it. But um, so basically what Fins and Feather is first, let me tell you what that is. It's uh, we call it a celebrity hunting and fishing service. So okay. we put together a full year long schedule of um, different trips all over the U.S. Um, we even go to New Zealand for like Red Stag and stuff like that. Um, and then what we do is we have about 20 different celebrity pro staff members, different UFC fighters, um, pro baseball, basketball, football players, actors, like just a mix of different um, celebrities. And we'll put those like one or two of those on each trip um, with clients. So we'll book clients up. They'll get to go on a cool hunt, cool fishing trip. And now they get to do it uh, alongside one of the people maybe they watch on TV or they watch play in a sport or something like that. So it's kind of just a new unique twist to yeah, something in the outdoors, you know. Um, so yeah, we launched that in um, 2015, 2016 was our first full year and we booked up everything that we had to offer that year and uh, had an amazing year. Everybody had a great time, um, got lucky and tagged out on, on everything that we had. Um, all, the, all the clients were super stoked. They had you know great time getting to meet all the celebrities, but also getting to bring home a bunch of meat and some really cool trophies. Um, a lot of them rolled over to the year 2017. Oh, that's awesome. Picked up a couple new trips um, and, and added a, a bunch of new clients as well. Um, last year was, was another awesome year. So we sold out everything last year as well. Um, and now we're into 2018. We're about halfway booked up for the year. Um, and that's you know, going to fill up fast. Yeah, so we're trying, your to, booth is yeah, we're trying to fill, fill up here at Utah. And we also had a, um, a big expo in Sacramento, which is where we're based out of. Um, we pulled a lot of stuff from there as well. So it's great. We got some cool merchandise, you know, which is something new for Fins and Feathers. Just basically, a, you know, some, some great marketing for us. People like to... They're really sharp looking. Yeah, thanks, man. I really man. like the hats. Yeah, we just launched the, the leather patch stuff, which is yeah. really in right now. A lot of people right. are doing right. it. Oh, yeah. um, we got some cool shirts, sweatshirts, um, tank tops. Um, so we're just kind of mixing it up. Um, but it's great, man. It's great, like, seeing people walking around wearing a Fins and Feathers hat or shirt or something. Makes you smile a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. That's what so, you need. touches your heart. Yeah, it's, that's, <laughs> that's basically what Fins and Feathers is and how it started. And um, I'm just having a damn good time with it. I love traveling all over the place and um, getting to go on really cool hunts and, and getting to do it with people that have all the same interests and same love uh, for the outdoors that I do. So, um, so, so in, the, in the short time that you've done it, yep. what has been your favorite hunt that you've been able to partake of or participate in whether it's with a client or just you yourself so far out of all are you talking about just since we launched or just ever like i have a how about each one yeah okay both. so my favorite probably favorite hunt ever um happened probably two years ago um my wife she wasn't my wife at the time but uh when we did a backcountry elk hunt up in oregon my dad her and me and we had all our stuff packed in lived in a wall tent for a week um, wood burning stove cots you know the whole the whole night the yards. ultimate elk hunt. yeah it was unbelievable 
Um, I ended up killing a, a really nice bull down in this really, really big canyon with her right before dark. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my wife, she's just now getting into hunting, so she's not, never really been around it much. I mean, her dad did it, but it's like whitetail stuff in the Midwest. And so I'm having her hold this bull, like the elk legs open while I'm gutting it. And like, you know, she's never seen anything right. like that before. So it was really cool to be able to share that moment with her. And then also my dad was there with us and, you know, I helped him. He got on some really nice bulls, but just was never able to get it done. But just spending that time with her and with my dad was probably, and I, I really think still to this day, there's a couple that are probably close to it, but my favorite hunt. The ultimate? Yeah. That's not like cool. a great hunt. And then fins and feathers. Oh, man, that's... That's a tough one. I don't, want, I don't want you to burn any bridges with anybody. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> Tread lightly, right? I'd say our Monticello, Utah trip we do the last couple of years has been unreal. We usually get like eight to ten tags. So it's just like a huge group. A lot of buddies that know each other will book together. So What are you hunting? Uh, mule deer. Mule deer down yep, there? Southern okay. Utah. And basically we just get this really big cabin. Everybody stays together. So it's like, you know, camp camaraderie. Just everyone's having a good time. Everyone goes out and they hunt on their own with their, you know, with their designated uh, guide. And then they come back, back with stories or with, you know, with a buck that they killed. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I think for the fins and feathers stuff, that's probably my go-to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, real quick, we don't want to take too much of your time today. But we really wanted to come over and kind of ask you a little bit about backpacks yep. and what you like and maybe didn't really necessarily like and in your time spent hunting that you've had you know i'm sure you've had different backpacks different styles of packs yep i just kind of want to ask you you know first off when you're looking at a hunting backpack what's the number one thing the first thing that it's got to have uh i mean for me don't mind the elk call sorry guys no, no, it's i mean okay. there's, there's a few things that i look in for look for with backpacks i mean um, I'll be honest, like a lot of the, the hunts that I do are, you know, overnight or maybe a two-day trip. So I'm, you know, I'm not usually going 20, 30 miles in. So I'm not needing one of the big, you know, external or internal frame packs. I do have them and I use them and I've used them before. But most of the stuff that I do, I like keeping more like day pack style stuff. Um, the things that I look for, um, obviously a water bladder compartment you obviously got to have that stuff in there i hate having my water bottle if i don't have that in there sloshing around flopping all over the place making noise Falling or out. leaking in my bag <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. always a pain in the butt um so a, car, a compartment for that or something where you know the hose is able to um, exit the backpack without having to have a zipper halfway zipped up you know mm -hmm. um to where it latches on the strap here that's something that i really like um a couple other things um you know keeping keeping hot spots away from my back. I mean, there's been times where backpacks, I just can't adjust them right. So, I mean, obviously the manufacturer, when they, when they start making this, if it's a, a well-known manufacturer or they know what they're doing, they can figure out ways to adjust it for almost all body styles. So it's just not are, rubbing on yeah, your back. Uh -huh. and, and there's okay. some packs that, like there's something that's not adjusted right, but there's no way to adjust to fix it. So you're kind of like, well, now what do I do? Right. You know, I'm a shorter guy, so a lot of the times, the backpack will like rub on my butt cheeks mm -hmm. and I'll get like, after a long period of time, I'll get like almost like blisters on my butt cheeks and it's like, oh, come on, man. Saddle sore from your yeah. backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pain in the butt, literally. Um, Maybe you could guys. like have whoever, you know, create a spot like butt pads for on the pants. Yeah, that exactly. Could be like an accessory. Uh -huh. Rather, instead of on the pack. Or just find a good pack that fits your yeah, body. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. Let's go so it's got to fit right. Exactly. And there's certain ones that I like a lot, and it's just like they, they're not meant for shorter guys like me, you know. They're meant for guys that are obviously a lot taller. But 
Um, you know, so that's definitely something. Um, what else? Um, I know there was a couple other things I was thinking of, and I'm drawing a blank on. Do you now. have like, obviously, when you go, like for me, when I'm looking at a hunting pack, like right now I use the Outdoorsman's pack, but and the reason why is because they've got a, a big external slot for your tripod and your spotting. Yes, scope. that's what I was thinking about. Yep, and then. So obviously spotting scope, that's key. Um, I've actually owned a couple of backpacks in the past that didn't have a location for a spotting scope. So that's kind of the same situation as a water bottle. You're just like putting it inside and it's like flopping all over the place. You're trying to be quiet and it's making a bunch of noise. Um, so being able to you know, strap that down and tighten it up, that's key. Um, and then also, uh, in a lot of backpacks nowadays, there's, there's the new technology that's coming out with it. And these ones actually are one of the ones that have it. but. A weapon, a weapon holding system okay. and not only just holding but um, allowing it to be released without having to take the whole backpack off your shoulders yeah. Yeah. and unstrapping it and then you know so if you're walking and say you're hiking in I don't want to be holding my gun in my hands the whole time where you know some of these backpacks you're basically your gun or whatever it is is strapped in on the very back on the very back and you have a, a lever up top on on the opposite side shoulder and you see a deer or a bull or something standing there 50 yards in front of you frozen, you know, instead of taking your backpack off and having to unstrap and, and then load a bullet in and shoot, you know, you just pull the release, pulls out real quick, and you're, you're basically ready to fire. So um, oh, That's awesome. I mean, I think that's super, that's super cool. And I, I've seen it on a couple of backpacks. These ones are, the, the Vorn is, is definitely one that has it. I know, I think Kuyu's talked about coming out with one. Um, and I know um, there's a couple others that do as well, but. Um, I know there's a bunch that have it to where you can just strap it in and lock it and it's good to go. But like I said, now you're walking in. You undo the Yeah, you got to take everything off. And everything yeah. Miss an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. So. Not stealthy when you got to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's for sure. Um, another thing too, um, I've used like, so, so say I'm getting to the top of a mountain or something. I want a glass. Um, you know, I've used backpacks for <laughs> if you're taking a nap and you, you want to lay down and use it as a pillow or even sitting on it and so your butt's not going numb, sitting on a rock for an hour or two hours while you're glassing. Um, certain packs that allow maybe a padding on the external that you can take in and out. Um, if you know you're going to be glassing and you don't need to pack a bunch of stuff for the day, you can put that pad in there. You know you're going to be sitting on it. Um, if you obviously aren't going to be doing that and you need more space, you can take it out. I think that's kind of something that might be cool in a backpack. I haven't really seen that much, but... I got you. Um, no, for sure. I, I, I always, I mean, my pack's really kind of, it's got an external frame, so sometimes I'll lean up against it. But yep. if, yeah, if you had an actual setup to where you're not breaking anything exactly. or it's got a pad to yep. protect yep. everything too, that I've ne I haven't thought about that. But um, have you now kind of tying everything together as a UFC fighter, have you ever taken UFC buddies out on like a scouting trip to as training, like a workout. You, do you tie that into your training at all? Um, like, I mean, I'll be honest. So specific. Yeah, most of the guys that I train with don't hunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of them talk about wanting to do it, and they see everything that I do. Um, you know, being able to eat all the lean meat and like have my freezer full of it year round, that like really motiv motivates them to want to do it. But um, there's a couple guys. We have a guy, Tyler Diamond, who's actually. Um, working on getting in the UFC right now. He's a big outdoorsman. He hunts, fishes a lot. Um, and then TJ Dillashaw, who will be in here on Sunday, signing for Fins and Feathers. But um, yeah, those, I mean, those are probably the only two guys that I have trained with or trained with now that, that fight and hunt and stuff. But um, yeah, well, I mean, I've gone on really cool trips with TJ, um, which, you know, there's some ones that are de definitely more physically demanding than others. Mm -hmm. um, but 
All in all, yeah, I mean, you got to, I treat it like it's a hunt. I don't, I try not to focus too much on the working out part of it because that's my job. Right. And so that's kind of like the hunting and the, the outdoor part of it is like my disconnect from the training. So, Correct. you know, a lot of people are like, oh, do you like train for your hunts and stuff? And I'm like, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I train for my job and then I'm just lucky, lucky enough to already be in, be in shape, shape from that to well, see, be able to go hunt. And that's awesome because we, we did a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about there's a difference between beach shape and yeah, hunting oh yeah. shape, right? And, yeah. And there's a lot of people, you could go grab a guy who runs a marathon and say, okay, now let's go hunt, and he'll be out of breath, oh dying. Yeah. And so f- for you to be able to still be in relatively good shape, the training that you do mm-hmm. can translate well into being in shape on the yeah. mountain. I mean, that's, I that's totally awesome. understand that. A lot of people don't understand what actual being in shape means. Like, like they see a guy with a six-pack and they automatically assume, oh, he's in shape. Like... I pretty much have a six-pack year-round, but for an example, like when I fought Connor, I took that on 10 days' notice. I was out hunting, fishing, not training for a fight, but I still, I mean, I weighed in. Like I still have a six-pack. I still look lean, but I'm not in fighting shape. Fighting shape. Like, it's completely different. You know what I mean? I might the look. The cardio aspect Yeah, I look it, like right? I'm not, I'm not, obviously not like a fat slob, but I'm not ready to, like, go five rounds with someone that's, like, in prime peak shape, you know? Right. So I totally get that, and you know, it makes sense for me. But sometimes people don't understand it. Yeah, no, I, I get that for sure. Chad, in your in your eyes, what defines a successful hunt? Um, I mean, obviously a, a, a quick, clean kill and awesome harvest of a cool animal is definitely successful. But I mean, there's been hunts that I've gone on that I didn't even kill anything, and I consider it a successful hunt. You know, it's. For me, it's just, like I said, being able to disconnect from all the craziness, you know, the, right. all the media, all the, the training, like killing myself, redlining my body and um, being uncomfortable getting punched in the face and kneed in the <laughs> face and elbowed and just kind of dis- disconnecting from all that stuff and just being away from it all, getting out there where it's quiet. Nobody's um, punching you in nobody's the face. Nobody's punching you in the <laughs> face. <laughs> uh, you know, and so just getting out on, on cool hunts, like like the hunt that I told you about, the elk yeah. hunt. Like, if I wouldn't have got a bull, all in all, that would still would have been one of my top, probably top five hunts that I've ever been on, you know. And um, obviously getting the bull just made it that much sweeter. But Cherry on top, right? Yeah, Cherry for sure. So That's awesome. So one last question before yeah. we, and we let you get back to, to everybody visiting your booth here. What is your favorite animal and place to hunt? I'm definitely going to say elk on that. Bugling elk uh, with a bow is, is unbelievable. You can't beat that. <laughs> um, man, and I absolutely love hunting in Utah. I mean, I've, I've hunted here quite a bit. And um, what? <laughs> My wife's talking crap over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I hunt in Utah quite a bit. I love, I love this state and actually have thought about moving out here quite a bit. So. Do it. It's definitely on the radar. We'll see. We'd be That'd glad be to awesome. have you. Yeah. 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 Definitely, sure. definitely uh, on the radar. So we'll yeah. see. Okay. Well, Chad, thanks for all your yeah. time. Thank Good you, Good luck yeah. uh, in your fighting career and all your business. It's nice awesome. to meet you, Chad. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Yeah.